Everybody there? Amen. Praise God. When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again into Galilee. And he must needs go through Samaria. And he must needs go through Samaria. And I would like to minister to you today from this thought. When the needs alters your route. When the needs alters your right route. Father, we thank you again this morning. God, you are great and you're greatly to be praised. We truly appreciate all that you do. Sweet Holy Spirit, sweet Heavenly Dove, stay with us. Let us not leave the way that we came, God, but let us leave changed and renewed and refreshed in the power of the Holy Ghost. And we will give you all the glory and all the honor and all the praise in Jesus' name. And you may be seated. When the needs alters your route. You know, the Bible is the most important book in our lives. Amen. The Psalms in Psalms chapter 119 verse 97 says, Oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. Notice what he says. I love it. And it's my meditation. In other words, I focus on it all day long. David would write in Psalms 1, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the ways of the sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in the law doth he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. It shall bring forth his fruit in his season, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. So we can see that the Bible is the most important book that there is. Amen. When we begin to fall in love with this book and we begin to fall in love with his teachings, we begin to learn how to truly love. Amen. Because we realize that God is love and we will be filled with the joy of the Lord and we can learn how to walk in peace and be in peace and be content. Uh, we can learn how to wait upon the Lord and uh, not lean to our own understanding. We learn how to do good. We learn how to be kind. We grow in our faith and we learn how to walk humbly before Him in our lives. Uh, and we allow Him to develop us. Amen. That we would have this self-control and temperance within our lives. The Bible is an exciting book. And Paul says, I have not seen and ear have not heard the things which God has prepared for them that love him. If we would just get into this book, if we would just flip the pages and focus on what God has written for you and I, we will be amazed what is hidden inside of these pages for you and I. 
The Gospel of John, as uh, we just began to read just a few verses of the passages of John. And when you begin to read the Gospel of John, you see that John has two currents of thoughts uh, flowing through its pages simultaneously and at the same time. One of those thoughts is faith, uh, and the other is eternal life. You see, John's Gospel is written like a hundred centuries uh, uh, years after the church has already has been established and so in John's gospel he doesn't see a need to discuss about the lineage of Jesus Christ and where he has come from and John doesn't see a need to talk about the patriarchs of old John just seems to focus uh, that he feels a need to educate the church about Jesus Christ. He seems to have a thrust within his writings to build our faith and to strengthen our faith because he knows that without faith it is impossible to please him for he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And John knows that if our faith isn't built right and if our faith isn't strengthened then we will miss the ultimate goal, which is eternal life. And so John begins to write. He wants us to be involved in soul winning, and he wants us to focus not on where we are now, but where we are heading. And he says that these things he wrote in his gospel, that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, and that believing you might have eternal life. So I would like to ask you a question today. Have you considered eternity lately? Have you considered eternity lately? When is the last time you just stopped and asked yourself, am I ready? If Jesus took me right now, would I be ready? Moses told the children of Israel in Deuteronomy 6, he says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and you must love him with all your heart and with all your mind and with all your soul and, and with all your strength. He says, these words I command you this day should be hidden in your heart, and you shall teach them diligently to your children. And you should talk about them when you're sitting in your house and when you're in the way and when you lie down and when you get up. He says, you write them as frontless before your eyes. You write them on your gateposts uh, and on your doorposts. Uh, amen. And he says, when God has brought you into the land, which he's forswore to your father Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give you goodly cities which you built not and houses filled with good things which you built not, uh, and wells dug that you dig not, uh, and vineyard and olive trees that you planted not. He says, be careful that you do not forget God. In other words, keep it at the forefront of your mind so that you do not miss the end state of what God is trying to tell you. Moses would later write, and they would put it in a psalm, in Psalms 90, verse uh, 9 through 10, and verse 12. He says, we spend our days as a tale that is told. Think about that. 
We spend our years as a tell that is told. What are people talking about your life? What are they going to say about your life? He says, if by reason of three score and ten, he says, yet there's still labor, there's still sorrow, and yet then we what? We fly away. He says, so Lord, in verse 12, he says, so teach us to number our days that we may give our hearts or apply our hearts to wisdom. You see, because wisdom is the principal thing, and we are commanded with all that getting to get and understand it. You see, he desires us to have a knowledge and understanding of who we are and what God desires to do through us. Solomon would write in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13 and 14, he says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. What's the end of the whole thing that we're living and doing? He says, fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. Keep the word of God. This is why the psalmist would say, Thy word have I hid in my heart, so that I will not sin against thee. And so we have to realize that in order to build our faith, we've got to get into the word of God. As Paul says in Romans 10, 17, Now faith comes by hearing, and it comes by hearing the word of God. Amen. So if we're going to have eternal life, then we've got to seek after the things that's more important than other things. And that's the Word of God. And so today, I want to focus here when God alters your route. You see, we humans, uh, we seem to always look for the shortest route to get where we need to get to. What's the shortest route? You you put it in your GPS in your car, and it's going to give you the shortest route to get there. Because it seems like we have ran out of time. So I don't like delays to get me to where I need to get there. So give me the quickest route. I know none of you never get upset in the airport when you're flying, and they tell you your flight is delayed. I know you don't get upset when the traffic is backed up. You don't do that kind of stuff. You know? See, but we want the quickest route to get to where we want to get to, never asking in these delay process, what is God doing in all of this stuff? There may be a road closure. There may be a bridge out. There may be an accident or we just may feel some unction to go a totally different way. We may choose a career path only to realize that the road closes. We may be on a road and we get to a certain point uh, and we're being very successful and then all of a sudden we realize that the bridge is out that's going to connect us to the next piece of the success. Or we may be on a track and all of a sudden there's an accident that stops us from going down that path. Or we may just feel some tugging at our hearts that says, no, nah, you're on the wrong road. You're going 
the wrong way. And so we may question God. God, why is the road closing? God, why is the bridge out? And God, why, 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 why? And he says, because there's a greater need. You see, the children of Israel could have walked out of Egypt and walked straight into the promised land. But the Bible says because of their unbelief, they had to spend the next 40 years in the wilderness. You see, a wilderness experience will reveal who you truly are. When your back is against the wall, your character will be shown. The wilderness doesn't have a Walmart uh, out in the wilderness to where you can pull in and get what you want. Uh, you see that you realize that they're not on every corner. There's no Motel 6s and Holiday Inns and Best Western Pluses uh, in the wilderness that you can pull in and stop when you're tired. You see, when you're in the wilderness, there's no golden arches five miles away so you can get a burger and a cold soda here. When you're in the wilderness, uh, there is not a Burger King or Chick-fil-A or, or some place you can pull in and get what you want. You see, when you're in the wilderness, if God don't provide, you don't get nothing. And so God sometimes takes us to the wilderness, number one, and alters our route for personal development. He alters our routes for personal development. Moses told the children of Israel in Deuteronomy 8, 4 and 5, he says, God took you into the wilderness to one, humble you, two, to prove you, to three, see what was in your heart. And the four, let you know that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word uh, that proceeded from the mouth of God does the Lord lives. Amen. We may need personal development. You see, when we come out of Egypt, uh, we are drawn out of the world by God. The first thing God has to do is develop you and I. And so we can sometimes have pride in our lives. Uh, and so therefore, God needs to humble us. You see, because pride goes before destruction and a holy spirit uh, before a fall. And so God needs to humble us. Uh, Peter says, amen, humble yourselves uh, in the presence of the Lord, and he will exalt you in due time. So we need humbleness, uh, a humility within our lives. Uh, God takes us to the wilderness to prove us. Uh, we humans like to make promises to God. God, you do this for me. I'll do this. God, you take care of this. I'll do this. And so sometimes God takes us to the wilderness to see if we're going to do exactly what we said that we're going to do. And Moses said, he took you there to see what is in your heart. Jeremiah tells us in Jeremiah 17.10 that the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Don't lean to your own understanding. Don't trust your own heart. Your own heart can lead you astray. 
I know you like me have heard people a lot. Just trust your heart. No, don't you trust your heart. The Bible says he that trusts his own heart is a fool. And I know you're not a fool. Amen. So God sets our heart to see what is there. Why? Because as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. See, so God wants to know what is inside of you. He wants you to be able to see what is inside of you. And so he takes you to the wilderness. He alters your route. And you're wondering why you're there. Why am I going through all these things? And God has said, so you realize that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God does man live. See, personal development is always the first need when God calls you. Because you don't know a lot of things. You don't know how to operate. You don't know a lot of the things that you're dealing with. And you need to learn how to handle it. And so God takes you to the wilderness. You see, I can't teach you about God if I don't know God. I can't teach you about God's Word if I don't know God's Word. See, I find it hard that a lot of times we say we know God, but do we really know Him? And so therefore we need to have that personal development. The second reason God alters our route is there is a cry for help. There's a cry for help. In Acts chapter 16, verse 5 through 12, Luke writes in the book of Acts, he says that the Holy Ghost forbidden them from preaching in Asia. And then he says, Luke says they assailed to go to Bethania, but the Holy Ghost wouldn't let them go. And so they passed by Missa and they came to Taurus. And in a vision, they appeared unto Paul in the night, a man of Macedonia crying, says, Come over and help us. And immediately they set course. They changed their route. And they went into Philippi. You see, they wanted to go one way. They wanted to do a different thing. But the Holy Ghost says, no, there's a need in Macedonia. There was a cry in Macedonia. And so therefore they set course. And they went to Macedonia. Because they was led by the Holy Ghost. You see, after you've developed personally... You have got to learn to be able to listen to the voice of God. You've got to be able to hear the cry when it's coming out. And those that are crying, saying, I need help. I've come to tell somebody today, there's a cry in this world today, in our community, in our neighborhoods. Somebody is crying, says, come over and help us. There's a lonely mother crying, saying, come over and help us. There's a single a parent crying in our neighborhood saying, come over and help us. There's a pregnant teenager that is got in trouble saying, come over and help us. There's a cry coming from a broken home saying, somebody come over and help us. There's a young woman or young man that has made a mistake in their lives and they don't know what to do and they're crying says, someone come over and help us. 
And so God alters your route and you wonder why you're on the path you're on when you was on this path. Because the cry to God is said, somebody come over and help us. The Bible tells us in Mark that Jesus says to his disciples, come, let's get in the boat and let's go to the other side and to the land of the Gadarenes. What did he find? There was a man in the tombs. He was being in feathers and chains. He was tormented by demons. Amen. And he was crying out night and day. Really, he was saying, can somebody help me? And when Jesus stepped on shore, those demons says, what have we to do with you, Jesus? Have you come to torment us before our time? He stepped on board and after Jesus cast those demons out of him, amen, he was in his right mind and clothed in it in his right mind, and he wanted to follow Jesus. Jesus heard his SOS call for somebody to come and help me. I've come to tell you today, there's cries going out. There's calls going out. Somebody is saying, somebody come and help us. You did not receive the Holy Ghost to sit on a pew and to do nothing. Jesus, when he came out of the wilderness and Luke chapter 4, he walked into the synagogue, and he began to read. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the broken hearts, to preach deliverance to the captives, the recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. He heard the cry. You must hear the cry. You are the anointed ones. You have been called out of darkness unto his marvelous light for such a time as this. I know you think you might have it all together. I know you. we can look around in our congregation and in our communities and we can think that they got it all together. They're going to church. They're doing good. They've got it all together. But inside, do you hear the cry? coming out, uh, said, somebody help me. I am not what you think I am. I am not at the place where you think I am. I could use a hug. I could use a hold of the hand. I could use somebody to just sit and to talk with me. I'm not at the point uh, that you think I really am. There's a cry coming out, uh, and God has altered your life. For that purpose, praise God. Number one, wilderness for personal development. Two, there's a cry of help. The Lord told Moses, Moses was on his course. He was walking in the back with 40, tending the sheep, enjoying himself. All of a sudden he turns aside and he sees a burning bush. Moses says, let me turn aside and see why this bush isn't burning up. He turns aside and the Lord says, Moses, take your shoes off. Because the place you stand is holy ground. And he says, I have heard the cry of my people. Go and tell Pharaoh to let my people go. But Moses did not want to alter his route. 
But God was not about to let him off the hook. <laughs> he altered his route from where he was and sent him to deliver the children of Israel out of bondage. Amen. And there is a cry coming today, even in this community of Lacrosse County. There's many cries coming out. Somebody is crying, says, come and help us. The third reason that God alters our route is evangelism. The Bible says he left Judea to go to Galilee, and he must needs go through Samaria. Why did he need to go through Samaria? Well, before all the Jews had no dealings with the Samaritans, they always went around Samaria because there was prejudice between the Jews and the Samarians. They did not go straight through Samaria. They always went around. But Jesus says, I must need go through Samaria. There was a need there in Samaria. And so he felt the need to go to Samaria. And we know the story that Jesus comes into Samaria and he goes to the well that Jacob had dug and given to his son Joseph. And Jesus sits on the well. And the Bible says about the sixth hour, about 12 o'clock in the morning, there's a woman of Samaria comes to the well, and Jesus says to her, give me the drink. And she says to Jesus, how is it you being a Jew ask me, a Samarian, for a drink? You know we have no dealings. Jesus said to her, if you know the gift of God, and who it was that says unto you, give me the drink, you would have asked of him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, the well is deep, and you have nothing to draw with. From whence have you this living water? And then she says, Are you greater than our father Jacob, which has given us this water well, and his drink here in his cattle? Amen. And Jesus says, Woman, believe me, whoever drink this water shall thirst again. But the water that I give to him will be in him a well of water, springing up unto eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I neither come here to draw nor thirst again. Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come here. She says, I have no husband. He says, You have rightly said you have no husband. You have had five husbands and the one you are with now it's not your husband. And that you have rightly said. She says to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Now we worship in this mountain. And you say in Jerusalem is the place that men ought to worship. Jesus said unto her, Well, woman, believe me, the hour is coming. And now is that neither in this mountain nor in Jerusalem shall men worship. For God is a spirit. And they that worship worship him, must worship him and spirit and in truth. Uh, the woman said to him, Sir, I know that the Messiah, which is called Christ, when he comes, uh, he's going to tell us all things. Uh, Jesus said to her, I that speak to you am he. Amen. The need was with her. The need of Samaria was now being met. Uh, the call of evangelism. And when 
Jesus touched her. Amen. When she realized who he was, she ran back into the city and says, come see a man that has told me everything that ever I've done. Is not this the Christ? And he tore it there. And the whole city, by appearance, was converted to Jesus Christ. Because the need was greater. Notice something about this woman. She knew there was difference. She knew there was prejudice. She knew that there was division between the Jews and the Gentiles. Notice something else about this woman. She knew the history of God. She said to Jesus, are you greater than our father Jacob that gave us this well and drew and drank himself? She knew why that well was there. She knew where that well had came from. And this was thousands and thousands of years before. See, because Jacob is way back in Genesis. <laughs> this is the New Testament. Think about how the history, she knew the history of her family. <laughs> she knew that what Jesus had to offer her was what she needed. She knew she was missing out on what he was offering. She knew she didn't have the Holy Ghost. She knew that she had not been baptized. She knew. She knew that he was not just some ordinary guy on the street corner trying to hit on her. She realized that. Amen. She knew the importance and value of worshiping God. She's talking to him. We worship in this mountain. But you're saying in Jerusalem is where I need to worship. She knew about worship. She knew that the Messiah was to come. She had understanding of he was coming. That's why she said to Jesus, we know that Messiah is coming. And when he comes, he's going to tell us all things. How did she learn that? She has heard it has been passed down through the years. And notice, she is not afraid to tell anybody about the truth that she has received. You see, this story places us right in today's world. There are people that knows everything that I just said. They're just not living the right way. But they know the scriptures. They know the Messiah is coming. They know about worship. They go to church. And so, therefore, the need for truth to bring to the clear understanding of the truth must be presented by you and I in love. That's why God takes us to the wilderness uh, to develop us, uh, to prepare us so that we can hear the cry. So that when we hear the cry, what is it going to do? It's going to usher in evangelism so that we can tell the people that the one they're seeking for, that the one they're longing for, the one that can meet their needs, uh, the one 
one that can give them joy unspeakable and full of glory, the one that can give them newness of life, the one that can strengthen them when they're weak, the one who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all they could ever ask to think, the one that would wrap them in their arms and caress them and love them like never before. You and I have been gifted with this gift of the Holy Ghost for such a time as this. As the Mordecai told Esther, you have been brought to the kingdom for such a time as this. This world is dark, but there's hearts crying out, saying, somebody, come and help us. And God has elevated you and me to such a place as this, for such a time as this, to evangelize this lost and dying world. As the Lord said through Joel, and the last days, said God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And upon my servants and handmaidens will I pour out of their day in my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above, and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapors of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, and the moon and the blood before that great and notable days of the Lord shall come, and whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. And when they heard that, it was pricked in their hearts, and they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises to you and to your children and to all that are off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. So when God, the need is always going to alter your route. So let me encourage you. Get ready for it. <laughs> Amen. You're going to find your route being altered. But this calm assurance is you got promises from God. I won't leave you, nor will I ever forsake you. So the quicker you learn, the quicker you get out of the wilderness. <laughs> Amen. Because he loves you so much. Amen. Let's stand this morning. Praise God. Praise God. You know, one of the things you find is the Lord in his development with his disciples. They would be going along. They'd be on a route. And then all of a sudden God would say, let's get in the boat and go to the other side. He would change their route on them. You know, to take them, to teach them valuable lessons. He put them in the boat. They got into the middle of the Galilee Sea. Sea of Galilee, excuse me. And all of a sudden, here come a storm. They're throwing water everywhere. Jesus is in the back of the boat taking a nap. They wake him and says, Lord, don't you care that we perish? Jesus stands. He rebuked the winds, rebuked the waves, says, peace, be still. Then he turned to his disciples and says, why are you so fearful? How is it you have no faith? 
Amen. And they says, what manner of man is this, that even the winds and the waves obey him? It was part of their teaching and personal development to strengthen their faith. See, if you got weak faith, get ready for the wilderness. Amen. Because God wants you to be strong in the faith. Amen. If you notice the patriarchs of old, they kept going through a few things until they got it right. And we are no different. We are his children. When we get to trust him, you will see. We will hear that cry and we'll evangelize. Amen for him. Philip went down to Samaria and he preached Christ. I'm sure Philip thought, man, this is the right road I'm on. Then all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost says, get up and go to the desert. Amen. He goes down to the desert, and there's a man in a chariot, treasure of Candace, the queen of Ethiopia. And he's reading in the Bible, Isaiah the prophet. He is led as a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep dumb before her shears, so open he not his mouth. And his humiliation and judgment. Amen. It's taken away. And who shall declare his generation? And Philip asked him, he says, do you understand what you're reading? And he says, how can I accept some man show me? Notice, he's been worshiping. He's been reading the scriptures, but yet the knowledge is missing. And so Philip's route is altered for evangelism. And he goes to him and he explained to him Jesus Christ. And as they're coming on the way, the eunuch now stops and says, hey, here's water. What does hinder me to be baptized? And Philip says, thou miss if thou believest. He says, I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And he took him that very hour and he baptized him. Notice how it works. The route is altered for development. It brings you to so you can hear the cry and the voice of God and to evangelize the world. So the need is always greater than the route you might be on. Amen. Praise God. Amen. If you're here this morning, amen, if you've never been baptized, if you've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost, amen, I'm here to tell you there's no greater gift than the gift of the Holy Ghost of God. Amen. If you're here and you need to be prayed for, amen, we will pray with you. Amen as well. Amen. Praise God. There's no song.